0: Taiwan reported 10 imported cases on Tuesday, including a woman who tested positive after completing quarantine. This is case number 16,859. She's a Taiwanese national who returned from Cambodia on November 26. She tested positive 17 days later after developing symptoms during self health management.
1: Officials have identified only four close contacts because she had been spending most of her time at home. In related news, Taiwan's Spring Festival quarantine policy came into effect on Tuesday. This morning, nearly 70% of all international arrivals chose the option of doing seven days of hotel quarantine and seven days of home quarantine. Quarantine violators can be fined up to $1 million NT dollars. With the emergence of the Omicron COVID variant, researchers are racing to answer the same question. How well do today's vaccines work against Omicron?
0: According to preliminary data, the answer is not very well. A new UK study shows that two doses of AstraZeneca provided no detectable levels of protection against infection. Pfizer fared slightly better, but protection dropped off dramatically by 30 times compared to the Delta strain. One Taipei-based physician is advising unvaccinated people to avoid AstraZeneca altogether.
1: The CCC says the data emphasizes the need for AstraZeneca recipients to get booster shots.
2: Booster shots are rolling out. The Expo Dome is now administering half shots of Moderna. As of Monday, more than 30,000 people have gotten vaccinated, or about 50% of the eligible population. On Tuesday, the CECC's online platform opened for its 18th round of vaccine appointments. In this round, only first and second shots of Pfizer will be available through the website, although other brands may be available through hospital drop-ins. But new research has found worrying proof that today's vaccines are less effective against the Omicron COVID
3: variant. It's not that the protective effect is zero. There is still an effect. Adenovirus vaccines like AstraZeneca have a powerful stimulatory effect on T-cells. So if you get vaccinated with AZ and you achieve a T-cell response, and then you get a booster shot of another brand, I believe that would generate quite a good immune response.
2: According to a new UK study available as a preprint, two doses of AstraZeneca offered almost no protection against Omicron infection. 28 days after full vaccination, neutralizing titers dropped below thresholds in all but one sample. In comparison, two doses of Pfizer fared slightly better, with nearly all samples retaining detectable amounts of neutralizing titer. According to an Austrian study, a mixed course of Pfizer and AZ or two doses of Pfizer had a slightly better effect against Omicron. Another study done in the UK suggests that a booster shot of Pfizer can increase protection to more than 70 percent. Other researchers said more follow-up is needed.
3: So two doses of AZ might not be sufficient protection against Omicron, but there are already people who have gotten two doses of AZ. So they will need a third dose and even a fourth dose. If you haven't been vaccinated before, then the recommendation should be choose a better vaccine, such as an mRNA vaccine. If a large number of expats return over spring festival, then the seven-day hotel quarantine policy will of course have its risk. But if everybody follows the rules and properly completes the seven days of enhanced self-health management, it won't necessarily be the case that fish will slip through the net.
2: Despite assurances, the holiday quarantine policy is still raising trepidation as the number of imported cases increase. The CCC says it's considering adjustments to its booster shot program to raise Taiwan's defenses against Omicron. The 2021
0: Taiwan-U.S.-Japan trilateral Indo-Pacific Security Dialogue unfolded in Taipei on Tuesday. It was there that Foreign Minister Joseph Wu made his first public appearance since Nicaragua cut ties with Taiwan last Friday.
1: Speaking to press, Wu said that the breakup occurred against the backdrop of extremely complex international geopolitics. He condemned China for moving in Nicaragua at a time when the U.S. was holding its Global Democracy Summit. Arriving at the 2021
3: Taiwan-U.S.-Japan Trilateral Indo-Pacific Security Dialogue, President Tsai Ing-wen was asked whether Taiwan can hold on to its diplomatic allies. Foreign Minister Joseph Wu was sent to speak in her stead. It was his first public appearance since Nicaragua broke ties with Taiwan last week.
2: Just as democratic countries are holding the summit for democracy, China chose that time to pounce on our diplomatic allies. There is an extremely complex international context here. Under these circumstances, I believe our citizens feel just as we do. I think that everyone will more strongly condemn China's actions.
3: Wu said China was behind Nicaragua's switch in allegiance. At the security dialogue's opening ceremony, President Tsai said Taiwan would never cave in to external pressure. Our message
2: to the world is clear. No amount of external pressure can shake our efforts and commitment to freedom, human rights, and rule of law, and particularly partnering with an international democratic community. We will continue to work with our partners to maintain a secure, peaceful, free,
3: In a pre recorded message, former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo once again endorsed Taiwan's bid to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans Pacific Partnership.
4: Rise up, Taiwan! I would like to say to spread faith across the globe in democracy. Jointly, Australia and Japan brought TPP into place. It is a group of economies that hold a rules based order very much dear. That is why the UK does qualify as a member and so does Taiwan, without doubt. Finally, the United States, Japan and other like minded countries should work hard to bring Taiwan to international organizations of universe, universal relevance. WHO comes on top of the list. There are many others.
3: Do problems such as the COVID-19 pandemic continue to threaten democratic traditions in the region. In addressing these challenges, we believe in strengthening our cooperation with Taiwan." Amid increasing pressure from Beijing, U.S. and Japan
1: officials remain firmly on Taiwan's side. The Resilient Cities Forum was held on Monday in Taoyuan, and it brought together influential political and economic leaders from several countries, as well as experts and scholars from think tanks.
0: The forum explored ways to practice a sustainable economy, good governance and international cooperation. The event was a chance for Taiwan to learn from other countries but also to be seen by the world.
3: Taoyuan Mayor Zheng Wen-Chan poses for a photo with his guests, who include Japan's envoy to Taiwan Hiroyasu Izumi and European Economic and Trade Office head Philip Grigorzewski. Behind them is a former deputy prime minister of Thailand who's joining via teleconference. After welcoming his distinguished guests, Zheng announces the opening of his city's Resilient Cities Forum. The event was co-organized by the Taoyuan city government and the Taiwan Asia Exchange Foundation. Its participants included influential political and business leaders, experts and think-tank scholars from several countries. The theme of the forum was sustainable economy, good governance and international cooperation. Participants shared the country's experiences in promoting eco-friendly living, human rights and transnational advocacy. They also explored ways to practice sustainable development and urban resilience.
2: More transparent, more democratic, and more participatory. The cooperation between the public and private sector, the sharing of experiences across countries. We believe these are all extremely important things.
3: Citing Taoyuan as an example, Mayor Jung stressed that democracy, transparency, and cooperation were key to making cities more resilient. This was echoed by the chief of the political section of the American Institute in Taiwan, Brad Parker.
0: Demonstrating that democracies can deliver by improving the lives of their people in tangible ways and tackling the greatest problems that face the world. The Summit for Democracy, like this forum today,
3: is an opportunity to advance this goal. The forum provided a space for experience sharing and learning. Such exchanges not only help Taiwan advance, but enhance its visibility in the international community.
0: German tech giant Merck has unveiled an ambitious plan to grow its semiconductor business in Taiwan. It will invest about 17 billion NT over the next five to seven years to build a 15-hectare production center in Kaohsiung Science Park.
1: The center will focus on semiconductor materials, and it will create about 400 jobs. This is Merck's biggest project yet in Taiwan.
2: Taiwan's semiconductor cluster is actually very complete and mature, but the development of upstream industries, materials, and equipment has been given short shrift. Merck hopes to fill in that gap with its investment projects in southern Taiwan. This is how a semiconductor ecosystem takes shape. The reorientation of supply chains is allowing for shorter chains. With regard to semiconductor materials, Merck's plant in Kaohsiung can be a supplier for TSMC and even for Samsung and Intel.
1: Merck has wide-ranging operations that include medical technology, displays and cosmetics. Besides its project in Kaohsiung, it also plans to establish an R&D center in Shinsu. Earlier this year, its OLED materials fab in Taoyuan began mass production. New Taipei mayor Hoyo yi has been one to watch in this referendum campaign because of what he isn't doing for his party. The KMT mayor has stayed conspicuously silent on the four questions on the ballot, even as his party mobilizes hard for yes votes
0: late monday evening ho published a social media post titled my views on the referendum but some say the post raises more questions than it answers
3: new taipei mayor ho Yi attended a festival at shulin district tuesday morning he was questioned about his lengthy facebook post the night before in it he shared thoughts about the upcoming referendum without making it clear where he stood
2: Actually, I'm All I meant to convey was the core value of making decisions based on rationality, science, evidence, and the attitude that the people are the masters of the nation. We must all be considerate and tolerant of others, and respect the right for people to decide. Let the public make its own decisions. Let us all undertake this responsibility with courage, and put our whole selves into it.
3: In his Facebook post, Ho said that referendums had gone from a democratic exercise into a polarizing black and white affair. He said the referendum had become like an election and that, quote, I believe the people are sick of it already. He stressed that national interest should be the utmost priority and that party politics, factions and self-interest should be left out of the equation. His post met a lukewarm reception from New Taipei councillors.
2: think that In his 1,000-word essay, Mayor Ho should have been more explicit to let everyone know his general direction. It's written like an essay in Chicken Soup for the Soul. Nobody can make heads or tails of it. As a thought leader or a political leader, his responsibility is to explain the pros and cons to the people.
3: According to New Taipei Councilor Candidate Zhou Guanting, Ho has sights set on a second mayoral term. Because of this, Zhou said, the mayor is reluctant to fly in the face of public opinion. Jewel said that many people, including himself, did not understand the post.
2: I left a comment on the post saying, like if you don't understand this post either. In the blink of an eye, the comment had more than 4,000 likes.
3: Premier Su Zhen Chang was asked to weigh in. He was asked if Ho was showing signs of defying the KMT in the referendum campaign. Su replied that referendums were a chance to focus solely on the issues.
2: 工作就是... Referendums are about discussing issues, not people. You address each matter independently. For example, even the KMT's Commissioner Ling Zimiao has voiced opposition to restarting nuclear power plant number four. So I ask everyone not to block progress on the natural gas terminal. Voting no is the only way to ensure a stable power supply.
3: Su also addressed a remark by a KMT lawmaker who said the government would not necessarily respect the outcome of the referendum. The premier stressed that according to the Referendum Act, the results of the referendum were legally binding. He called on the KMT to not distort the facts.
0: The CEO of Intel, Pat Gelsinger, arrived in Taiwan by private jet Monday evening. During his stay, he's expected to meet with executive of rival firm TSMC.
1: Earlier this month, Gelsinger made headlines for saying that Taiwan is, quote, not a stable place. But in a video made just before his trip, he was full of praise for Taiwan and TSMC.
0: TSMC has unlocked the magic of silicon, For us and others in the industry in so many ways, what TSMC has done is spectacular. At the heart of much of this is innovation in digitization is Taiwan. It is nothing short of amazing what Taiwan has become in the last several decades. We, the semiconductor industry, need to find a global solution that satisfies the incredible demand for our technology. We must build factories faster, run them at higher yields, install more equipment, and do so in a way that balances the global supply chain for the future.
1: According to Digitimes, is in is in Taiwan to secure orders for TSMC's 3-nanometer chips. But one Taiwan analyst says that Intel does not yet have production lines that can use the next-generation chip technology. The analyst believes that Intel is placing the orders in bad faith, potentially as a business strategy against TSMC. As 5G technology comes into its own, the face of manufacturing is about to change. Business leaders from Inventech, Mediatek and other companies joined Economics Minister Wan Meihua on Monday to promote the successes of Taiwan's 5G production lines.
0: Officials are keen to encourage investment in the sector promising to bankroll Taiwan's 5G development in a bid to diversify the nation's technological assets.
3: An actor represents 5G in the latest Ministry of Economic Affairs promo video. Economics Minister Wang Mei Hua is helping companies like MediaTek and Inventech share the benefits of Taiwan's 5G end to end production chains, from silicon chips for phones and small base stations to core networks and smart factories. They're all doing well, with the value of the 5G industry throughout 2021 surpassing 1.69 trillion NT.
2: Our phone chips have developed now to having the lion's share of the global market. So now we're in an open structure, and that's enabling Taiwan to move away from that low-margin original equipment manufacturing.
3: The humble microchip has been the vehicle for spectacular global success for MediaTek, which is now the world's number one smartphone microchip supplier, the number one energy-efficient 5G chip maker, and the number one dual-SIM 5G chip maker. The small 5G base stations made by Alpha Networks enable end to end 5G networks and open up more 5G applications for industry.
2: MediaTek is behind the market by about 3 to 10 years. We can successfully take the first step to share our results with the world thanks to the support of the Ministry of Science and Technology. This is not just a scheme for media tech, but also an excellent opportunity for Taiwan's semiconductor industry to expand.
4: 整个场域上面,我们也...
2: Across the whole field, we are working with eTree on Taiwan smart manufacturing, smart healthcare. We're all coming together for what we call tempering the field. We have also successfully exported to Japan, Europe, and the US.
3: Other companies, including Atayalan Taiwan, Pegatron and Inventech, have also launched their own private 5G networks, testing platforms and 5G smart factories. Establishing industrial 5G in Taiwan is a major priority for the Ministry of Economic Affairs. Officials hope it will attract Taiwanese companies that went abroad to bring their factories back on shore, as well as draw new overseas investors to the country.
0: A new program is taking young students into Taiwan's national parks to give them a taste of the wilderness. Supported by the Ministry of Education, schools like Guangwu Junior High in Xinchu launched a wilderness education program.
1: Mountain experts, teachers and students head out together on grueling trips to explore Taiwan's most beautiful areas. The program aims to instill in youngsters a love of the great outdoors.
2: A misty afternoon in the mountains. Students from Guangwu Junior High are about to attempt the peak of He Huanshan, accompanied by mountain guides and teachers.
3: Today, we started at Kunyang parking lot, then, we walked the hill path over the South Peak. I think the kids can really feel how when we push ourselves to work out physically, going up the mountain, the pace of breathing and your whole physical condition. If you haven't prepared, it's tough. But students who have prepared will realize how beautiful the mountain is.
2: The Ministry of Education is promoting wilderness education for young people in the hopes of instilling a greater understanding of mountains, forests and ecological protection. Educators want to plant the right attitude toward nature at an early age and also reduce the risk of mountain accidents.
3: Before coming up the mountain, we did some physical exercise, so we're all prepared. So as we climb the mountain, we're not afraid of being physically incapable or something like that. The paths on the mountain are very narrow and dangerous. It would be easy to slip and cause an accident, so we have to really pay attention and try to avoid hurrying, jumping, or pushing into each other. I think that rather than saying I've been teaching these students for 21 years, I should say these students have taught me what a school can be. They've taught me just how bright Taiwan students can shine, how brilliant life can be, and how powerful. I think in this class, I'm a learner too.
2: The mountain exploration class is one of the special courses offered at Guangwu Junior High. It's also a shining example of the MOE's National Wilderness Education Program. Educators nationwide are giving young people a taste of the wild, planting in the next generation a love of nature and a commitment to protect the land we all steward.
1: Well, Christmas is right around the corner, and many people like to cook Christmas dinner at home. Need some inspiration?
0: A hotel in Taipei has launched a Christmas-themed cooking class taught by its Japanese executive chef Ura Ryuji. For Mosa News, reporter Stephanie Yang sat in on a class. Let's take a look. Fushihura explains how to make this appetizer. Tilapia is sliced and marinated and pickled with Japanese kelp, then paired with chicken liver
3: mousse. This time, the menu includes three Christmas dishes to coincide with the three cooking classings for guests. Regarding the content of the menu, we incorporated the unique Japanese seasoning and cooking methods of Japanese restaurants. The appetizer is a special dish made from thin slices of tilapia that have been marinated and pickled with Japanese kelp. The dish combines the aroma of Kyushu's famous yuzu-infused pepper and the taste of France's chicken liver mousse."
0: There is also a dish that incorporates scallops, shrimp and mullet roll wrapped in a special heat-resistant paper. For dessert, there's a Christmas tree-inspired chocolate cake.
2: Our
3: cooking class incorporates Japanese cooking methods to create a Christmas meal with Japanese elements. Due
0: to COVID, which continues to restrict international travel, Taiwan's hotels are finding creative ways to attract local guests. They are providing not only accommodation and dining, but also new experiences like cooking classes. This chef's classroom is held once every two months with different themes and menus. The hotel hopes to cash in on travel-hungry patrons. From Mosa News, Stephanie Yang, Zhong in Taipei.